everyone and welcome back to the Spongebobblematic cast. Today we are doing episode 9. Uh, now I will say that there are 20 episodes in season 1 so we're almost at the halfway point here. This one consists of 9A Nature Pants as well as 9B Opposite Day. Now to start with Nature Pants here it's written by Paul Tibbet, Mark O'Hare, and Peter Burns. Storyboarded by Paul Tibbet and Mark O'Hare. Uh, yeah, a couple of good episodes for this one. Um, I feel like they're not super popular in terms of like some of the other heavy hitters of this season, but I mean, I think it just kind of goes to show how good this first season was that these are still pretty solid episodes. Yeah, they're not bad in any way. There's definitely memorable moments in them, but I don't think they're making anyone's like you know top five lists. No, for sure. But even still, you know, they're good episodes. They are entertaining. Nature Pants specifically does have some little mimetic bits in it that have oh, become sure. popular but you know as i said it, it's really not the episode itself it's more bits of the episode but to get right into it we open with something that's kind of interesting a little bit out of character of how spongebob normally is uh he's at work and he starts just kind of daydreaming about like the freedom and whimsy of jellyfish like he's seeing the krabby patties and he's imagining in his head that like they're becoming jellyfish and they're flying out the window and he's just kind of sitting there dozing off into his own little world Meanwhile, um, Mr. Krabs comes in because he's burning it and a fire is starting. Well, he's and, burning uh, as well. Like His face is like on the stove as well. And, and Mr. Krabs, he basically runs away from the stove. SpongeBob, he runs over to Mr. Krabs and he's like, what do we do? He's like, here, use this. And he gives him a fire extinguisher. But SpongeBob, he, he doesn't use it. He throws it at the fire and <laughs> makes the fire worse. It just throws it and it explodes into fire. And then this whole opening bit, I don't remember it at all, but it's really funny. So he does that. Then a firefighter just comes through the like kitchen door of the Krusty Krab going wee woo wee woo. And then like, <laughs> and then turns on the fire hose. But instead of spraying the grill, starts filling SpongeBob up because he's a sponge, you see. And he starts filling up like and gets like three times his size full of water. And then he just plops down on the grill. And then the fireman and Mr. Krabs like both go hooray. <laughs> like that, it's like such a weird sequence of events, but it's really funny. And I did not remember it at all before rewatching this. I do really like there's a little nuance to it as well where like when Spongebob throws the fire extinguisher like after it makes the fire bigger Mr. Krabs doesn't say anything but he just silently stares at Spongebob with a look of disapproval <laughs> yeah. like as though like he cannot like as though he's like you should know better <laughs> it's like not freaking out that obviously the fire got way worse but just like it's more so just surprised in an angry way that that even is something that happened yeah um, but then, yeah, after that, uh, Mr. Krabs has to scrape SpongeBob off of the uh, off of the grill because he because because he falls on the grill, he like the water drains out of him and he becomes like a little teeny tiny. So Mr. Krabs has to scrape him off the grill with a spatula and take him to his office, um, where he mentions that this is the fourth time this week that he has had to scrape SpongeBob off of something, <laughs> which is just a little a little weird weird mention. Um, and then SpongeBob tells Mr. Krabs that he wants to uh, give up his life and go live as a jellyfish. So what he says, uh, kind of specifically, um, is that he he wants to return to nature and like leave. I, essentially, his description is very similar to urban life, where he's talking about you know metal, steel, uh, large buildings, and it kind of sounds like at this point what he just means is returning to nature. But we will see; he does literally mean becoming a jellyfish. 
And Mr. Krabs, he, he's very dismissive at first. Like he's not listening to SpongeBob. But then when SpongeBob finally gets that out, he just kind of starts laughing at him. And so it leads to SpongeBob. SpongeBob leaves work in the middle of the day just to prove a point. Cause he's like, I can absolutely exist in nature. Um, which again, it, it, it's really weird to have SpongeBob have this strong of a feeling about something to the extent that he's willing to blow off work. Yeah. Well, he leaves work. He throws his hat on the ground. Mr. Krabs is aghast at this. Um, and then we cut to, uh, to the front of SpongeBob's house where he is giving away his possessions to his, to his neighbors. He gives, uh, he gives, um, Sp uh, Squidward a can opener and Squidward's just obviously very sarcastic, sarcastically dismissive of it. Um, Patrick is, is in tears at this point. Uh, he says, are you sure you want to give me this mayonnaise and these old phone books? He's just giving him the weirdest stuff from his house. And at that point as well, Sandy shows up and basically asks what's going on. And she gets clued into SpongeBob basically tells them like he's going to go live in nature with the jellyfish. Um, but before he does that, he gives his jellyfishing net to Patrick, which is important. That's going to come back later. And there's there's this whole exchange that happens as SpongeBob's running away because SpongeBob like strips and then runs off to jellyfish fields. And uh, the, the whole exchange here is he took off his pants. I'll give him a week. I'll give him 11 minutes. Yeah. And it's important to note the episode uh, 9A is 11 minutes long. Yep. And what, what's more after that, the way this exchange ends, so Patrick and Sandy, not Patrick, Squidward and Sandy, walk off and leave Patrick just sitting there. And then Patrick just screams to the sky like, Patrick, sad! <laughs> yeah, Patrick is, Patrick is a mess this episode. It's actually really funny to see uh, his like whole... His whole, like, he kind of has, like, a weird off-screen arc in this episode, which actually is, is pretty interesting to, to go through. But, yeah, he is, he's just inconsolable at this point about his best friend leaving. Um, but, yeah, that one, uh, that one bit, uh, just to go back a second, the, uh, the, I'll give him 11 minutes, but I, I don't think I ever noticed that as a kid. But that is a, that is a really, because I just, like, always thought of it as, like, oh, a very small amount of time. But, yeah, no, it is just the length of the episode, which is, which is a funny little, like, kind of fourth wall joke. I mean, I feel like during normal viewing it wouldn't be as easy to catch because you would think of a show as being in a 30 minute block you wouldn't necessarily calculate out in your head like when you account for commercials that's 11 minutes per segment um but yeah it is it is exactly 11 minutes and that's why they had him say that amount of time um in lore it's more than 11 minutes in less than a week so they're actually both wrong but outside of lore 11 minutes is just right yep. so spongebob he does end up going to jellyfish fields which was his whole plan he tries to be a jellyfish. And, and so this is the moment where, like, it becomes very clear that he meant that in a literal sense and not in a metaphorical, like, I'm going to return to nature kind of sense. Yeah, not like or a some people sense, will say, like an actual, like, he's like a, like a wolfkin sense. Because people will say, like, live like the animals, live in nature, return to nature thing. Like, people say things like that. But no, he, he's literally trying to emulate jellyfish. Like, he's just watching what they do. He's trying to speak to them. Like, the, he sees them eat grass, and then he tries to eat grass, which, uh, fun fact, uh, don't try to do that, because for whatever reason, grass makes humans throw up, even though it doesn't make some other animals throw up. I don't know what specifically it is, but it will make you throw up. Um, he, he tries to handshake a jellyfish, and he's like, buzz, buzz, buzz the word. And uh, <laughs> he, he gets stung because they don't have hands, they just have stingers. And it's basically just a, a bunch of little misadventures there until he sees Patrick and Sandy having a picnic and the picnic is staged to try and remind SpongeBob of what he's missing and get him to come home. And there's, there's an important thing I feel about this where someone, 
took this scene and its lip flaps of like Patrick trying to like get SpongeBob back after he ran away, and they re dubbed it to use the Naruto track of Naruto confronting Sasuke and trying to get him to come back to the village. <laughs> and like, there's just this big part, like Patrick, he's like, he's screaming, like he has this very open and like angry pose. And it, I, I can just never associate that scene with anything, but like hearing out of Patrick's mouth, like, weren't you going to break our bond, Sasuke? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I, don't th- I think I've seen that bit before. I'm not a huge Naruto guy, but I think I've seen that. I, that I have never fucking watched Naruto in my life. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, but that the actual contents of that scene are like Sandy's. Sandy's like clearly hamming it up, acting, trying to like act like, oh, we're having this delicious meal of Krabby Patties. But then Patrick is like barely holding it together, and Sandy has to be like, read your lines, Patrick. And he Patrick fucking he reads the stage. He reads the stage directions. He's like, directions, like, so he's like well, take thank Patty, you, Sandy. Take I would Patty. love one. Takes Patty. Too bad SpongeBob isn't here. These are his favorite. <laughs> take <laughs> bite of Patty. <laughs> And then, yeah, well, then he phys- he's like, goes, take bite. And at this point, he's like barely holding it together. He's like shaking. And then he starts screaming and he can't take the bite. He cannot take the bite of the Krabby Patty. And he just starts screaming for SpongeBob to come back. And then at this point, Sandy has to drag him away. Or well, SpongeBob is like, no, I love it here. Even though so far he's not really had that positive of an experience, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, Sandy has to drag Patrick away. He broke their bond on a whim, nothing more. And and Patrick, he's he's sitting there and he's like, I miss you, Sandy misses you, even Squidward misses you. And we'll get a quick cut to Squidward's house where he's just like partying. He's yeah. like, just he could not be more ecstatic about the situation. And yes, then Sandy does drag Patrick away and SpongeBob, he, he goes back into Jellyfish Fields. He's still trying to be a jellyfish, but you know, it's really not going super well because he's not a jellyfish. And eventually it just becomes really weird because <laughs> Patrick shows up again with the jellyfish net, which SpongeBob gave him. And th- there's this broken sounding music box in the background to create this kind of like jarring horror vibe. <laughs> and he's like, if I can't have you as a friend, I'll have you as a trophy. And he pulls out this jar with SpongeBob's name on it. Like <laughs> he's chasing SpongeBob's running around. He's like, you're going to look good on my mantle. And like, oh, it's just this incredibly like violent, like horror movie <laughs> yeah. style chase uh, where so Patrick good. has just completely lost himself and like desires to own Spongebob. Yeah. And um, yeah. And this, uh, so during this chase, there's a moment where Spongebob runs like between this like arch thing, like of rocks. And uh, it's important to note that this is the, uh, the tired naked Spongebob meme where he's like naked leaning up against a rock. That's a very popular one that's been going around recently. So that's where, uh, that's where that image is from. Um, and then, yeah, and then Patrick is, like, above on top of, like, he's, like, stuck to the top because uh, starfish can cling to things. Uh, he's, like, on top of the rock, and he pounces down on SpongeBob to try to catch him. But then SpongeBob eventually uh, escapes by climbing into essentially a beehive because this, this show really, like, kind of gives uh, jellyfish, like, every different role possible. So in this episode, they're treating them like bumblebees. And they, they kind of always have, like, a bumblebee sort of thing going on with, like, the jelly and all that stuff. But it's it, it, like, yeah, this one, they just, I don't think we ever see them live in beehives uh, at any point before this or after this. But in this episode, that's what they're doing. It's been one of those things where there's sort of a stand in for like any kind of insect, really, in that they are like, like SpongeBob is kind of catching bugs. You know, it's kind of like an entomology style of thing where 
the idea of like these nets is like a butterfly net but yeah they are treated more like bees more often than not so there is like it's like a literal beehive but it's what i would call a jellyfish hive because that's what lives there uh and patrick like you see him try and ineffectively jump up and swing at it more times than i feel like a normal person would have to to realize they can't get up there (laughs) um and then patrick he just he finally gives up he's crying he breaks the net and he just finally leaves and so spongebob he's like you know he takes a breath he finally feels like he's safe and then he starts eating the jelly in the hive and when the jellyfish come back He's like, oh, hey. Hello, brothers. No, this this is not a jellyfish. And so much (laughs) like bees, uh, they sting him as he tries to flee because he just invaded their space and ate their jelly. Um, So basically, nothing's really worked out from this entire time. And now it's night. He's trying to sleep in nature, but it's really cold. And then he pulls up this basically like, it's like a skirt almost of grass. It's like just a couple like leaves it's like a big sort of. I'm patch not really of seaweed. What... it's like seaweed i think it's supposed to be technically but it's like a big yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure what you'd call like a patch of seaweed i don't know what yeah. the actual word for that be sure. but in one way or another he pulls it up on himself and he starts itching because it's covered in urchins and he calls them poison urch- urchins which is poison. it's weird because i think of it as like he's being covered in ticks or something but also calling them poison urchins makes me think is this supposed to be like poison ivy um because they are clearly bugs. They're drawn like bugs. Yeah. But there's, they, they seem to be playing multiple roles here. And so he's, he's trying to scratch them off. He's running around. And he basically just starts, like, sadly, he heads back into town. And he's thinking about all the things he's missing. Like, he passes the Krusty Krab. He passes Sandy's place. And then when he finally gets back to his house, um, basically them all knowing he was not going to last the night were <laughs> in his house ready to throw him a surprise party. So Mr. Krabs is there, Sandy, Patrick Squidward um and so basically like he he hugs squidward and then everyone else makes it into a group hug but then uh the problem is like he he was covered in sea urchins so now they are all patrick itchy itchy. yes and as a throwback patrick he does yell that as well Uh, which is weird because it's like in character patrick reads stage lines in this episode also patrick sad and patrick itchy come off as though they would be like real world stage lines that were read (laughs) yeah and so it creates a situation where it's like i wonder if those were directions or lines or like if he just decided to make them lines but either way uh it is definitely a humorous little bit there and it's just really it just does something spongebob likes to do which is it takes a concept that's very normal but spongebob and his enthusiasm types it into something else and kind of misunderstands it yeah. Um, because returning to nature is, is a little bit different. I mean, ultimately, it kind of has the same results for a lot of people where you realize um, we're almost like, it's like when you take a domesticated animal from like the zoo or something and you try and throw it back into nature, you can't do that. It's yeah. going to die. Mm-hmm. Humans have domesticated themselves. A lot of us cannot go back to nature. We cannot do that. It would take a lot of time and a lot of like fortitude and training to actually survive those kinds of things. So when people say that and people try it, I've never seen anyone actually stick to it. They always end up coming right back to where they started and realizing, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And this, it, it, this episode definitely has a lot of good bits and stuff like that in it. The one thing that I feel like it's kind of missing weirdly is like, there's no, I, I don't really see any reason because we know SpongeBob to be a very, like, yeah, he loves his job. He loves his friends, all that stuff. I feel like there should have been some sort of reason why he feels this way. 
like why he wants to do this other than him just having like a dream at the start of the episode and then like he just wants to do this like i don't know i i, I it's not that biggest deal you know it, it is a kid's cartoon at the end of the day but i feel like a lot of other spongebob episodes that do something similar that just kind of run with the concept usually have some sort of like inciting incident and like an overall lesson for the it's like i mean the the lessons kind of it's like hey don't live in nature kids but like i don't know it, or nature isn't as friendly as you might think or whatever but like, I don't know, I feel like there should have been some sort of, like, inciting thing for him to want to do this. Like, maybe he was just, like, overwhelmed with his job and, like, like everyone was annoying him or whatever. And then he realizes, oh, hey, it's actually not that bad. Living in nature is just a lot worse or something like that. I don't know. I feel like it, I, I feel like it's just kind of missing that for me. It is, it is kind of a strange whim because it, it's something where, for him to have the kind of reactions he has, it's like, this desire that we've never seen out of him before trumps his desire to work at the Krusty Krab, which was always his dream and is something he still does enjoy. Like we never see him get tired of that job. That's something he's always wanted and something he enjoys doing. Yet this, this whim that we're only just now hearing about now, like it, it trumps not only his job, but his relationships to his friends. And to some extent, it, it almost feels like it is like kind of a childish whim and like it doesn't really feel like he's fully thought out what those things mean or like what it would mean to go into nature um and in that sense to some extent i can see it but also it's almost like it's something where if mr krabs hadn't laughed at him in the beginning i i don't think he would have ended up taking it as far but at that point it became like a personal thing it was like he was told he couldn't do something he wanted to and laughed at and so he was like okay now I have now I'm gonna actually do it. I don't know. Um, I think he kind of just wanted to do it because I feel like they would have they would have made that a bit clearer than that. That's why I think he did. Like I think that was just his intention because he because he he was saying that to Mr. Krabs. He was saying like I want to leave and go live in nature. But like that would be that before he laughed at him. Like I think I don't know. I think this is it's it, again. That's why I'm saying like I I think there should have been some sort of like in, like some sort of thing where we got the reason why he feels he wants to do this. It didn't have to be like a big thing. I feel like we didn't necessarily need that little like opening dream thing i think they could have replaced that like a minute or so or it wasn't really a minute but like that that little bit with like something that happened that made him feel that way but i mean you know i'm not a screenwriter or whatever but and it's not that big a deal it's just it's just something i thought of while watching it that is true but like the the perspective i'm trying to come at it with is like we've had this discussion before where it's like you know when when you're like living at home and you start cleaning and then your parents are like it's a mess clean and your thought is like well now i am not going to do it yeah um and it's like spongebob was like i want to do this and mr krabs was like that's a ridiculous idea essentially and he was like well now i am going to do it um yeah, that's it's like fair. that that might be like a thought process that like even though he wanted it that was kind of one of those like motivators to it but again it really yeah it isn't clear honestly where this comes from or why it's such a strong feeling because i mean we've seen him hunt jellyfish before but he's never He's never had the desire to like be with them. Like when one tried to be his pet, he tried to make it clear that like its place is in nature and his place is here. And those are two different places. Uh, but it, it just seems like, I don't know, it was just something he wanted this episode and it's not entirely out of his realm of interests. So maybe it was just a really poorly thought out whim and he just, he went too far with it. But one way or another... I, you know, when we get past it at the end of the day, like for whatever reason, that's what he wanted and that that's what it led to. So yep. the overall episode doesn't feel, the events don't feel hampered by the lack of explanation. Like the, the inciting incident might feel a little hampered by it. But other than that, you know, there are still ultimately good bits in it, which maybe, you know, maybe that's part of why. Like 
there's a lot of bits in this that are remembered, but the episode itself isn't really talked about as much. Yeah, it's the the story of this one. You kind of just remember SpongeBob's in nature, and that's about it. Like you know, and then it's and then you remember the bits. So it's you know not that big of a deal. Just the situations. The, the situation leads to some funny outcomes. And and yeah, I do kind of like you know your interpretation of like it's a child, like it's a childish you know whim doing something. You know, like uh, there's that uh, there's like a video that went viral recently of like uh, some some girl like you know she's like six or seven or something and she's like i'm running away from home and she gets like halfway down the block and then she comes like crying running back to the house you know like kids will just do stuff that's like all right i'm leaving i'm never coming home and then they like completely they just realize oh my god what am i going to do um so you know the only issue with that is um to to relate a personal story to it there was a time when like i got in a fight with my mom and this was like i was in like high school and like i was not this was not me running away but i was like okay you're clearly not making this better. I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back later. And I got in my car and I left and like, I think I went to McDonald's and like 20 minutes later, she called him. She's like, did you actually leave? I didn't think you were going to do it. And it's like, I actively like, I took the most mature stance to the argument I could take. And I like, I tried to have an active, like work through this, like solution to it. But like, no, it's because like, I never did that as a kid. I never had those, like, I'm going to run away moments. I was like, if I try to run away, I, I'm fully aware of what the risks of doing that are. Yeah. Um, and so I never did that. And so like, when she was like, you actually left, I was like, yeah, I, I told you I was going to, I was very clear about that. <laughs> um, but no, like when, you know, younger kids do it, it's like, obviously, you know, they can't actually go too far. Yeah. Now, um, Kind of moving on to 9B, Opposite Day. This was written by Chuck Klein, Jay Lender, and Mr. Lawrence, then storyboarded by Chuck Klein and Jay Lender. This is one where some of the bits are remembered, but the existence of the bits reminds you of their context, so you know what the gist of the episode is. It's like, like when you hear SpongeBob be like, I'm Squidward, it's like you remember why he is Squidward. Yeah, I, I didn't remember the, um, I mean, obviously we'll get into this, but I didn't remember the uh, the whole Squidward trying to sell his house angle to this episode, I but I did remember a lot of the specific bits, so, you know, it's, again, it, it, I think this, and this one and the last episode, it, it's it's weird how, like, they, they do seem to pair episodes together really well, because, again, this one and the last one, it's like, it's you don't really need to worry about, like, kind of the story of what's going on in the background, just kind of, like, you know, the, the main concept and then the bits that come from that, which is, you know, I mean, that's perfectly fine. And it is something where I'm not sure if like they pair well because one was made and then the other, or if they were curated like that by the network, because I'm not entirely sure. Because some of the times when like, you know, you try and look up the actual, um, the ID numbers and whatnot associated with episodes, they seem kind of out of order. So it's like, I have no idea how exactly that worked out, but one way or another, it certainly seems to work out in that one episode in one way or another generally will either like contrast in a positive way or complement the other episode with it. Uh, there's never a time where it's like too jarring, uh, except for, you know, there's times where, where like I said, Marine Man and Barnacle Boy was not an episode that I liked, but if you paired that with anything, I would still think that that was awful because it is so different from anything else that exists, you know, at that exact time. Um, however, to, to get more into this episode and to get back on track with that. So basically, at the start of this, it, it very first opens up with Squidward. He's sleeping, but we can kind of hear like Patrick and SpongeBob like giggling. And we see that they had hidden in Squidward's <laughs> bed to throw him a birthday party. And so they're just, they're hanging out and they keep singing happy birthday and doing all these activities. And then they leave and Squidward like yells at them, it's not my birthday. <laughs> um, and he clearly did not even want them there. 
So he basically decides like, this is the final straw, I'm moving. And he contacts a realtor, which I think is weird. And my reasoning for that is this. So we look at their houses and their communities and it's very clear that the living spaces of these creatures are things that fell to the undersea from you know the world above. And it, it just kind of feels like they found these things and they live in them. Like no one, no one was like, I'm going to have this house built. I'm paying to have this house built. I'm moving, I'm going to sell this house. Like that is not the process. However, there is uh, apparently, according to this episode, a, a realty industry where people do buy and sell homes. However, um, it still does seem really weird even on top of that because Squidward, his actions in this episode lead to the thought that the realtor sees the house once and then you you leave and it's done. Um, which is weird because it's definitely not how that process works. Well, yeah. So, so uh, what, so what his concern is, is the realtor says like the realtor like sees like his house listing or whatever. And is like, Oh my gosh, Mr. Scrooge, this is a beautiful house. You know, I should be able to sell this. No problem. Uh, you know, not unless he got like a, not, not unless he got like a infestation of some kind or annoying neighbors. And he's like, no, of course I don't have anything like that. Uh, but when really we know that because of the reason why he wants to move is because of his neighbors. He definitely does have that. And he's like, and then the realtor's like, yeah, if you had no, if you had annoying neighbors, I'd never be able to sell this house. So obviously he freaks out. Uh, but yeah. And so, so his whole plan is to try to get SpongeBob. He's like, he's like, I'm never going to be able to sell this house. And so he wants to convince SpongeBob and Patrick that it's opposite day so that they will act opposite to what they usually do, which is loud and annoying. Um, so then they won't be annoying on the day that the realtor comes. But yeah, as, as Kurt was just saying, uh, it, that won't be the only time that the realtor shows up and there will most definitely be other instances during the selling of the house process where SpongeBob and Patrick will have plenty of an opportunity to be annoying and scare off any potential buyers. The, the housing situation and the lore of housing in Bikini Bottom is, is very vague and very played with and is whatever episodes want it to be um which i guess works in the sense that when i was a child i didn't know how realty worked i didn't know any of these things i never even thought about it um so i, I guess it's fine especially for its intended audience but it is something where it's like as an adult who has moved and has like gotten apartments and had to go like looking for places to stay it's it's a lot more involved than this is going to lead you to believe when you're a child but one way or another after that happens, Squidward, it, so it's the next day, Squidward, he's, he's out and about, he's, you know, he's got a drum, he's playing a drum, and Spongebob's like, why are you doing that? And he's like, this isn't a drum, this is my wig case, and he, like, rips it, and there's a fucking wig inside, <laughs> and then Spongebob's reaction says, Squidward, you need bed rest. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Squidward explains to him that, uh, no, you silly, it's opposite day, and he essentially gaslights Squidward. Uh, Spongebob into believing that there's this holiday called Opposite Day that everyone knows and it's the day where you act opposite. Um, and so what Squidward says too, I think is important. Uh, he's like, normally you're loud and annoying. So today, what are you going to be? Quiet and out of the way. <laughs> and like, he just screams that as he's running into his house as well. Yeah, he's he is very excited for Opposite Day. There's like times where like he does like, you know, he goes like, I hate Opposite Day. <laughs> he just like a little giggle and stuff like he's very excited. Um, and then when, when Gary, he's talking to Gary and <laughs> I think we've said this before, like, you know, it's a pet snail that's basically like a cat. So Gary goes meow and SpongeBob says to him, where's your holiday spirit? So he barks. <laughs> it's, it's, that's such that's such a good bit. I love that one so much. 
Uh, but then, yeah, we see him do a couple of the things. Um, and then uh, Patrick uh, Patrick knocks at the door. And again, SpongeBob, thinking that it's opposite day, goes in and Go says, Go away. I never want to see you again. <laughs> and, then, and then Patrick just starts crying. SpongeBob doesn't like me anymore. I just the imagery out of context is so good because Spongebob is sitting there smiling while Patrick is crying. Like, That's <laughs> right. You're my worst enemy. Yeah, then Patrick has no idea. So then Spongebob starts explaining it to him. And then um, Patrick goes, opposite day? I've heard of that. Really? No. What is it? <laughs> and then he explains it to him. <laughs> Patrick goes, ooh, let me try. Let me try. And then he starts holding his breath until he turns blue. Which the is the opposite of what he normally does. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite. That is, I think that is, uh, that and like the Gary bit are two one of my favorite bits from this, like, from this episode. <laughs> him just, let me try, let me try. And he just starts not breathing. Is so good. There is, there is a lot of bits now that come up where Spongebob is trying to essentially teach Patrick what opposites are. Mm-hmm. And we get this whole, like, visual montage where, like, you know, their colors are opposite each other. Um, there's a part where they speak backwards. And uh, if you flip it, what they say is, like, hey, Patrick, I give up to get to the opposite side. And it's, like, you know, I think the, the opening of that joke was, was missed somewhere in there because there, there's no setup to that. Uh, <laughs> But that's, that's what they say. There's a bit, though, specifically I want to talk about. So we see Gary eating very fine dining and then SpongeBob eating pet food. <laughs> then we cut Patrick is sitting on newspaper on the floor. <laughs> and he just says a meow. Patrick's idea of opposite is shitting on the floor, apparently. <laughs> Because that, that's the implication of that, with the newspapers on the well, floor. Well, I think it's like, I, I think the idea is like, like so sponge so gary is eating like spongebob and vice versa and so patrick is shitting like gary i think is the implication there that's well i think because yeah, if, he, if he was just sitting on newspapers i wouldn't have thought anything of it but it's very specifically placed after the gary bit yeah so that you can visually comprehend that that is what he is doing yeah and it's okay i, I guess i guess that's opposite of what a normal human being would do yeah yeah and there's one where they get blown into bubbles and patrick pops which you know i mean sure why not um it wouldn't be the first time they killed a sentient bubble well it would be the first but it wouldn't be the only it would not um so at uh at some point it goes too far and Squidward looks out his window. You know, he's like, he's like thinking my plan worked so well. I haven't heard a peep out of SpongeBob and Patrick all day. This is great. But then he hears a ton of racket and he looks out his window and he sees that SpongeBob is destroying his house because, you know, what would you do if you were living in a house on opposite day? You would destroy it. Um, so Pat, so Squidward being like, holy God, this is backfired. They're never going to sell my house if their house next to me is destroyed. Uh, or being destroyed. Uh, so he goes over it and starts fixing it. And then SpongeBob has this whole like mental loop where it's like, but Sp- Squidward is fixing my house, but that means he's ruining it because then, but that means he would be fixing it. But then if I stopped him, then I would, I guess he goes this whole thing and he gets like actually physically wrapped up in his arms and legs. Uh, and then this leads him to the conclusion that Squidward is being, the opposite of SpongeBob is Squidward. So I have to be Squidward. So he uh, takes off his belt and wraps it around his face to mimic Squidward's head. And I do think um, one thing that I'd like to point out was when Squidward first sees that. So, and I think the reason he's doing it is because like, instead of renovating his house, he's destroying it. Yeah. And what Squidward says is, SpongeBob, you're the worst neighbor in history. And so SpongeBob just talks to himself. He's like, wow, that's the nicest thing Squidward has ever said to me. Yeah. And um, basically after they do that, there's an exchange where it's like, 
SpongeBob and Patrick are talking like, isn't it beautiful? On opposite day, it is. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, yeah, so Squidward is trying to, you know, fix the house, like you said. And I, I think the exact logic loop is SpongeBob is like, Squidward is cleaning my house, which means he's actually messing it up. But normally I'd mess up my own house, meaning that Squidward is being SpongeBob, meaning that SpongeBob must need to be Squidward. And so then I, I think Patrick says, I'm like, I want to be Squidward too. And he like puts a pickle on his nose. He's like, I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, Squidward, Squidward. And SpongeBob corrects him. Like, you, you also have to act like Squidward. Oh, okay. I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, yeah, Squidward, and then, Squidward. But then Spongebob, Squidward's catchphrase, you see. Yeah, well, and then, then Spongebob joins in with him too, though. But before that, um, he tries to he tries to teach him how to actually be Squidward. And so the, he says, boy, oh boy, do I like playing the clarinet. I practice and practice all day long, but never get any better. Which is just a giant self-burn, or a giant burn on Squidward. Or Well, it's weird because the way he's acting like Squidward, because it, it's, it's this whole confusing mess where he the he's being opposite by being squidward but then later he's being squidward also being the opposite of squid it's just a lot of layers of opposites going on here um but then yeah uh so so uh, spongebob and patrick being squidward go into squidward's house while he's fixing up spongebob's house and at that time the realtor the realtor arrives and um and so spongebob is like oh opposite day i have to so he's like let me show you everything this house has to offer but instead shows him like the worst rooms and just like the floor creaks the ceiling leaks and there's a terrible draft he just like just completely shit talks the house in every way imaginable it's because yeah he's thinking like oh positive things that means negative things today and one of the things he he takes her the realtor up to Squidward's art room and she's like oh this is a beautiful painting and then Patrick bursts through it and like thank you we're both Squidward and I'm and Squidward she, he's Squidward we're both Squidward she, she's willing to accept that at this moment but then we, we cut back to Squidward noticing like as he's cleaned up Spongebob's house that the realtor's gotten there and when we get back in like they're essentially holding her hostage and Spongebob is poorly playing the clarinet and she's like I I don't want to hear another. Oh, I gotcha. And so he keeps playing. And she's like, I really, I really don't want to hear another. And he's like, mm -hmm, loud and clear. Loud and clear. And he, he's basically just torturing this woman and like not respecting <laughs> but, her wishes but because he accident. misunderstands the day. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and so, yeah. Uh, so the real Squidward uh, comes in and he's like, I am so sorry. These are two, like, th these are idiots. Do not listen to them. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Squidward. And then at this point, she completely snaps because this is the third Squidward that she's met. So she just goes, he's Squidward, he's Squidward, you're Squidward. Are there any other Squidwards I should know about? And then Gary shows up wearing a pickle on his nose. Meow. And in, in like the Squidward voice. And she's like, all right, I'm out of here. And she just, the, at that point, it's like she is really disgruntled. And I think that she thinks she's just being disrespected and taken for a ride. Yes, absolutely. Because it's like, okay, this is. Like the face she makes tells everything you need to know about what she's feeling. Mm -hmm. But the you know the true Squidward, a uh, Squidward original, he he's basically like you know tugging on her leg and is like please, like he's begging her to <laughs> please sell, the house. sell my house. But, the, but that when she leaves, he's just like sitting there defeated. And SpongeBob and Patrick come up to him and are like, "Happy opposite day, Squidward. We, we hate, hate you." you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. 
Yeah, that would uh, that is a that is a pretty solid episode. Revisiting it, it is it, it's got a lot of a lot of funny bits. Uh, it's not again like both of these episodes are just like decently solid. Like you know, there's a fun there's a, a few very good bits in there, but it's just like it's a, a solid string of the funnies throughout. I would say it, it can be very easy to forget what the inciting incident is because the inciting incident is almost like window dressing to the true start of events, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like, in this case, it's like, the episode is about it being opposite day more than it's about Squidward trying to sell his house. Uh, the episode is more about Spongebob trying to be a jellyfish more than him, like, deciding to leave society behind. I mean, they're kind of tied together, but there's a there's a nuance in the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those things where it makes it easier to remember pieces rather than the overall whole. But the, I do think that, you know, the, the multiple Squidwards does tie back in kind of the base idea of what the episode's about but i think people don't remember it's a realtor necessarily that was asking those questions yeah because it could just be anyone it could be anyone and they'd be in like an equally bad situation by like being taken hostage by spongebob and patrick yeah uh, and and again uh, the, and this episode specifically um you know harkens back to the episode formula that we've seen a bunch of times now where squidward kind of you know has to has to take his own medicine uh, at the end of the at the end of it but again as with a couple because again at the beginning it's normally squidward being an asshole and he is kind of being an asshole here but like it's kind of valid like spongebob and patrick did break into his home and wish him happy birthday like in the middle of the night not even on his birthday (laughs) and are like such a nuisance that he can't even sell his home like that i mean you know I, i as much as as much as he is you know you know, like, he does maybe take it too far on occasion. He, he's not entirely wrong here. It's one of those things where I kind of went back and forth about that thought, where in my head I was thinking, like, you know, does this break the normal chain of karma as it works in the series? And ultimately, my take on it was no, because um, the actions that cause Squidward's downfall are his own. And so it is coming back to him in a way where whether or not it's entirely fair, that still fits the broader sense of karma as it's been experienced so far. Um, And and in some other senses too, because I do feel like it's not entirely fair, but it's not like Squidward said, like, I need you to like behave or play inside or something. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even ask them to deceive my neighbors and hope that they're not smart enough to recognize the deception. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's very, the, the inciting incident, I would say he's very justified in, but his methodology that he goes about it. And there's been a couple, I'm trying to think of, uh, of one off the top of my head. Um, I can't remember what the, um, I don't know. There's been like an episode or two where also like I, I kind of had a similar vibe, but again, it's that it's that thing of Squidward just takes it too far and doesn't actually like try to communicate um, what he actually wants. Instead, he just like does something mean, and uh, and it, it you know it comes back to bite him. And another thing is, it does feel different in that like to go back to Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy again because that that was the episode where really I I stated that as a problem mm-hmm. is. SpongeBob is naively malicious, but he is malicious. Here, it's like I wouldn't even call SpongeBob's actions malicious. They're a hindrance, but like he's not actively tormenting someone. He's just 
he has a misunderstanding of what he's communicating. Yeah. Um, he thinks, and, and again, he, he if, thinks if he's you, doing what he's supposed to be doing. And if you're going in blind, the, the nuance of that might be lost. It might sound like it's the same thing. But when you watch, if you were to watch both of those episodes back to back, I think it would be kind of clear what I'm saying, that there's a difference in perspective and in reasoning that is created where I don't feel like it's a problem here. No. Um, a lot of things here are like, you know, very much like extreme cartoony factor, but it, it isn't to any detriment in any way. And so I do think overall, I, I do enjoy Opposite Day a little more than Nature Pants, because although we've said, you know, both of them, like their inciting incidents are a little irrelevant. Um, I think Opposite Day is trying to do more. Yeah. And I think it just, it, it pans out a little bit better overall. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it has more have, of a like, complete story, uh, like versus Opposite Day, or versus Nature Pants. And, and I, and, you know, I, I think it has some of the funnier bits as well. Because with Nature Pants too, like, Nature Pants just kind of ends. Like, yeah. It, it just sort of like SpongeBob spends the whole episode saying no to coming back, but then everyone like still expected him to come back tonight anyway, and he does. And it's like, it just feels like, Obviously, he wasn't going to be able to live in nature, and everyone knew that, but it doesn't feel like there was a real arc there, as, as opposed to here, where it's like we see the escalation of Opposite Day, meaning that he's Squidward, and how that ends up impacting the overall, like, initial inciting incident, and how it ties itself back into that. Um, and so I, I would say, I think that as a whole package, you know, Opposite Day does have that over nature pants. But like we've said, both of them do have good bits, they have memorable bits that people have used for multiple different things and that people surely do remember because they are using them in meme templates and whatnot. But overall, um, not the worst, but again, not like, you know, top of the top episode either, just solid good. Yep, I agree. Uh, so do you have anything else to add? Uh, on these, you know, not really. I think we, we've pretty much covered everything. Um, I guess if there's one more thing I'd say, both of these episodes do have some instances of very creative visuals like we have the mm -hmm. whole like spongebob absorbing the water becoming large and being in the grill and becoming small and scraped up by mr crabs in nature pants um and then the whole like spongebob and patrick doing opposite things montage in opposite day also has like, a lot of interesting visual things going on so that element's definitely here too we didn't really talk about it this time because there's just there's honestly been a fair number of episodes where that wasn't where like they might have played with visuals but it wasn't standout but these ones, it's like, yeah, I, I noticed it. And so I feel like that's another good thing to note. But with that, yeah, that would be all my thoughts on episode nine. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be with you again next week. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>